Holly G with the Golf Insiders. My guest today, special guest, is Damon Hack, co-host of Morning Drive on the Golf Channel. And he's just returned from a little trip to the West Coast. Uh, Damon, tell us how it was out there at the American Century Celebrity Tournament. That's always a big event for NBC and Golf Channel. Oh, it was so much fun being out there. I'm a native of California. I used to go up to Lake Tahoe when I worked for the Sacramento Bee and when I went to UC Berkeley for grad school. So it was neat to be back in a place so familiar, but I hadn't been in more than 20 years. Wow. Yeah, a couple cool assignments too. I, I hosted an event called Race and Sports in America Conversations, which was a couple of round tables, uh, big name stars too, just talking about kind of this moment in our country about race relations in particular, a Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph, uh, Anthony Lynn, head coach of the LA Chargers, I had Troy Mullins from the World Long Drive, uh, and also had James Blake, former tennis star, and then I had Charles Barkley, Steph Curry. Uh, Jimmy Rollins, Ozzie Smith, it was just the who's who, and they opened up their hearts, and uh, it was a really enjoyable conversation. It's going to air again on Saturday on NBC at 2.30, and then I was up there also just doing interviews during the tournament. Marty Fish won. Uh, I talked to Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, so it was it was a whirlwind of a weekend, but it was a lot of fun. Well, um, a great tournament. A um, little strange again without any fans, but any trip to Lake Tahoe is okay in my book. One of just the most beautiful places in our country. And we turn to a very special place in golf. We're getting uh, lucky here with a double header from Muirfield Village. And now the Memorial Tournament. Uh, tomorrow they'll be teeing off and Tiger returns. Damon, it's all about Tiger. I tell you what, and how about last weekend too? So we, the appetizer is a Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas playoff, and, and now we get to stay uh, on the PGA Tour schedule at Memorial five times. Uh, watched his press conference. He looked and sounded really strong and sharp. Said the rest did his body good. Of course, hasn't competed since February uh, when he finished last uh, at Riviera. So he has some, uh, you know, some reasons to play well. Always says he's going to, to, to a tournament to try to win. But he actually looks physically strong. Said his back feels a lot better than it did in February uh, when it was cold and damp uh, in Los Angeles. And he admitted that, you know, at this point in his career with his age, with his history of back surgeries, that the weather – it does play a factor. So to be entering this part of the season when it's warm, uh, I think that could do his body very good. That's for sure. And, of course, uh, we need to roll back the clock a little bit because it seems like forever. But when Tiger won at the Zozo, he tied Sam Snead's record of 82 tournaments. So now we're on Tiger Watch again, right, every time he tees it up to see if he's going to break that record. Damon, explain a little bit, uh, though. There's There's been some discussion in the past that Sam Snead wasn't so happy with that number because he had won several, uh, was it then PGA of America tournaments before it became the PGA Tour? Yeah, and there were a couple of, you know, there some historians will say, well, Tiger should have already broken the record because some of Sam's records uh, or wins were team events. Uh, so it kind of depends on how you slice it. I, I try not to quibble with it. I think 82 is the number 
Uh, you know, Sam Snead was a world-class player. If you talk to some people that were his peers, he was Jack and Tiger before Jack and Tiger, an incredible athlete who could kick the the door a frame above his head. He's just an absolute stud and really one of the greatest golfers to ever do it. So I think when you're trying to compare, you know, Sam Snead's era in the 30s and 40s uh, to, to Tiger's era in the 2000s, it's hard to do. Uh, it's hard to compare even Jack and Tiger. I, I think you can have enough room on, on Rushmore for for Tiger, for Jack, for Hogan, and for Snead. And, and a lot of people would say, you know what, that that's a pretty darn good list right there. Yeah, amen to that. Um, Nicholas, of course, uh, 73 wins. And, what? yeah, when you think about Sam Snead, that he's held the bar up that long, you know, given especially somebody like Tiger, how many times he's won and the you know equipment and the technology all of it right i mean to put it in perspective it's pretty impressive oh for sure and, and sam Snead, you know had great longevity played great golf into his 40s and 50s and was competitive and a winner north of the age of 50 on the pga tour we're talking about one of the great legends of the game neat also that tiger was able to play in an exhibition as a kid against sam Snead for a, a milkshake or a, a you know, a bag of cookies, I think, right. what they bet, something cute like that. So, you know, Tiger has always given a lot of great respect to the players who came before him. Uh, he knows how hard it is to have a long and successful career, and Tiger knows that as well as anybody, considering his off-the-course issues uh, physically and otherwise that he's had to bounce back from. So I think Tiger looks at a player like Sam Snead uh, with great respect and admiration, knows what Jack did winning at the age of 46 at the Masters, knows that Greg Norman contended in an open at 53, Tom Watson at 59, you know, finishing tied for first, as it were, before losing in that playoff to Stewart Sink. So Tiger knows that uh, the greats of all sports, whether you're talking about Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Michael Jordan, able to really be successful uh, even late in their careers. Well, and, you know, this may be just the magical time that tiger needed right um certainly unprecedented what we've been going through but particularly for tiger to have a five month break to really you know work on his body i just thought he he looked as fresh and young and as ready to go as we've seen tiger woods in a long time funny you say that i said in our morning drive i said if you took a picture of tiger at his presser, the virtual presser at Memorial, he, you could have said that picture's from 2005 or 2001. He looked young, rested, fired up, refreshed, pleased he was able to spend some time with his kids, uh, having some time to get his body and his mind and his motivation back. I, I'm right with you. I mean, it's going to be fun. And I also said this on the air that I thought that his relationship with Justin Thomas was also a positive for him, someone young to push him. They play a lot of practice rounds both at home in South Florida and even at Memorial they played a practice round together earlier this week. So much like Phil has leaned on Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley to keep him young, I think that Tiger Woods in this relationship with Justin Thomas, one of the best players in the world, has also done wonders for his motivation as well. Yeah, I love that needling they've got going on. You know, it was fun to watch JT when he was, um, you know, doing some of the commentary for uh, for the match. 
and you know sort of given uh, tiger the raspberries that he was you know afraid to come out and you know play with the rest of them and tiger seems to really take that well he really does and it tells you kind of where he is at this point in his career uh i don't know how many people would get away with needling tiger uh, when he was height of power in his 20s i think he's evolved to be you know he still wants to to snap some necks we know that but he also really appreciates the the, the banter of this younger generation that grew up loving him and, and wanting to be like him. And I think Tiger also appreciates a good needle. Uh, Tiger is not one to shy away from some trash talk. And I think if you can give it back to him, you know, JT saying, hey, you know, old man, seemed like you were afraid to come out for a while. Uh, I think Tiger uh, deep down loves that back and forth. It only adds more juice, adds more fuel to his fire. Well, speaking of juice and fuel to the fire, not typical to watch JT squander a three-stroke lead with three to go. So you think, you know, he's going to be on fire this week to get it done this time? I know it's going to, you know, the course is going to play completely different. I think I might have heard on Morning Drive they may be stimped to 13. I mean, this course is going to be a whole different course than last week. It is, but he's got a couple top tens at the Memorial Tournament and played so well as we saw last week and was very upset with himself that he could not bring it home after having that lead, as you mentioned, with a few holes to play. Give Colin Morikawa some credit for putting some pressure on JT and, and making him finish out the tournament. Instead, he bogeyed 18. They were into a playoff. JT makes a 50-footer, and then Colin makes a 25-footer right on top of him. And I'll tell you why this term means so much to, to JT. It's because he has really deep family ties uh, to the Ohio region uh, as a, a native Kentuckian, spent a lot of time up there with his grandparents. So he has a lot of motivation to get that W on this golf course at Jack's place. It would have meant a lot for him. I'll tell you what, if he could somehow bounce back, and I think he's going to have a good week, uh, I think it would be quite a story if there's anybody you want to talk about has the toughness and who's going to really kind of stew in that loss and use it as fuel, it's Justin Thomas. He's just built differently. Roy McIlroy talks about that swagger that Justin Thomas has that he wishes he had a little bit more of that. We're talking about the number one player in the world recognizing some of the really good mental toughness that Justin Thomas has. I expect Justin to bounce back and have a really good week this week. Speaking of bouncing back, Rory, you know, a little shaky start to uh, the season. We're at every part of the season we're in right now since, um, you know, the restart. And he spent a little time with his coach. Um, you know, it's been tough for some of these guys, especially the international players who have, you know, had to work with their coaches via Zoom and, you know, like the rest of us uh, online. But he got a little chance to, you know, Get, get get a little tune-up with him, and I see Rory really wanting to put um, the memorial into his resume. Yeah, and i tell you what, it's a golf course that sets up well for him with the four par fives, and i tell you what, he even admitted that he just really feels like now he's in a position to win. He didn't play very well for the first few weeks back from the restart, but says that his game is in a good place now, and it better be when you look at his tee time alongside Brooks Kepka and Tiger Woods, I mean, you're talking about chalk. This is the best of the best, uh, the best perhaps of all time, and, and the best of this time in Brooks Kepka, someone who has challenged Rory and basically said, we're not rivals because Rory hasn't won a major since Brooks Kepka's been on the scene. So a lot of motivation, a lot of reason 
for Rory to play well, and not least of which the fact that Jack's been a bit of a mentor uh, to Rory when Rory first moved to the States from Northern Ireland, you know, chose South Florida, and often plays at the Bears Club and has had meals with Jack and picked his brain. So uh, it would be a nice resume filler for Rory McIlroy should he win uh, at Jack's place this week. Speaking of uh, winning, who do you think really needs a win right now, Damon? It's a great question. I think that Brooks Kepka, uh, considering how he's been wont to run his mouth a little bit, be very, very feisty and bold with his talk, uh, really needs a win. I think Jordan Spieth, who has just been lost for you know three years now, hasn't won since the 2017 Open and has shown flashes but then seems to take a step forward and a step back. Uh, has played well at Memorial in the past, uh, could really, really use a win. So I would say, you know, Brooks maybe uh, behind Spieth. Uh, I think that Brooks is starting to play well, and I think that the rest of the tour better look out, especially as we get more uh, into the summertime with the PGA Championship in August and hopefully the U.S. Open in September at Wingfoot. We know uh, that he is a two-time winner of both of those major championships. So I think that Brooks Kepka uh, needs it less than Jordan. If, between the two, obviously I would pick Brooks Kepka, but I think Jordan probably needs it more considering where he was in this game just a few short years ago. Anybody also kind of looking a little bit in the rearview mirror as you, you know, somebody like a Justin Rose, perhaps, that says... You took it. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> You're talking about a past champ at Mirfield Village who's missed his last two cuts. Yeah. Uh, after starting pretty well during the restart, actually had a couple of top 15 finishes, uh, you know, back to using a, a, a mix of golf clubs, no longer... Uh, with Hanma, uh, had, had some uh, tailor-made clubs back in his bag at the restart, was playing very well. But a couple of missed cuts in a row for a player who doesn't miss many. You're talking about one of the most consistent players of the last decade on the PGA Tour. So I think being back at a place where he's been successful, and, you know, we showed some of the highlights. Uh, when you see all those handshakes with Jack in the past winners, uh, Justin Rose was about as enthusiastic as anybody to spend some time with the Golden Bear off of the 18th green so it's in large part because that was his first pga tour victory so i think justin rose being back at a place that means so much to him and his career um it would be a really really good time for him to get kind of off the schneid and get back to being that 10-time pga tour winner that we're used to seeing speaking of that moment off the 18th green when jack shakes the hand of the winner he says he's going to shake hands. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, he says he's tested negative for COVID. Um, you know, that, I guess that's fine. And, and as long as the player who wins is fine with shaking Jack's hand, I, I think it's probably okay, uh, considering that the players will have tested uh, negative at the point on a Sunday where they're in contention and winning the golf tournament. Uh, I think you can't be too careful. Uh, my good friend, uh, Charlie Reimer, who's told his story on Twitter, so I'm not speaking out of turn, that, that he had COVID uh, and, and was in really, really bad shape. So I, I, I'm all about being safe, socially distancing, mask wearing, and all of that. Um, if Jack you know, feels confident enough and the players feel confident enough to shake his hand, I, I see no reason why the tradition to, can't continue. All right, well, now it's time to take out your crystal ball. Damon Hack, and who are you going with on Sunday? 
You know, a lot of people like Bryson DeChambeau because he's won there before. I'm going to go Justin Thomas. I, I think there's going to be some fire in his belly. We've talked about him quite a bit in this interview. Uh, there's a toughness there. He obviously has comfort on the golf course. Uh, he's such a, a dynamic player with his irons. He's the ball high, has a lot of wedges, one of the best wedge players in the game. Those par fives, he ate them up last week. Would not surprise me at all, and I'm going to go ahead and pick him. Justin Thomas gets it done in a bit of revenge in week number two Ooh. at Muirfield Village. The Dublin doubleheader, as they're calling it. I love it. It's going to be a great couple of days and an amazing weekend of golf with just a loaded leaderboard. Can't wait to watch Damon Hack. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Holly G, my best to you, and I'll talk to you soon. Stay well.